In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear brother, dear faithful, this morning I'd like to uh, recount a small uh, encounter I had on the train a few weeks ago. On my way to Albury, I was sat next to a young gentleman who was coming from the university, going back home to Melbourne, and he had been studying for the last four years uh, plants. And he had just done his big assignment at the end of his four years on black cumin, of all things. And so we, we got talking a little bit, and I asked him about the, the seed and how it knows when it's time to grow. What is it that makes this seed come back to life after so long being dormant? And so he had an explanation. He said, well, when the sunlight is at the right level and it's warm enough and there's enough moisture, the seed opens a little hatch on the top and a pore is exposed and through the pore the water can enter the seed. And once this water enters the seed, it causes the seed to swell and it begins the process of converting the starch that's stored inside the seed into sugar and this sugar fuels all the processes for this seed to sprout a root and then a leaf. So I asked him, what is it that makes this seed come to life? And he didn't actually have an answer. He knows the chemical processes that happen, but what is it that explains the life of the seed? It must be more than just a few chemicals. The question of life is somewhat mysterious to us. How is it that something that can be apparently dead how can it begin to live? And this is what happens with the germination of a seed. This seed has the power within itself to assimilate things from its environment. It puts out a root, and through the root it draws in the nutrients from the soil, from the water. Through the leaf it can draw in the carbon dioxide. And inside itself it has a, a program that causes life. It grows. It grows into a tree. It then has seeds of its own. And it lives from generation to generation. Such a mystery. But this little seed, having the power of life, is able to bring things into itself and make them part of it. However, for this to happen, the little individual ingredients that the plant finds, they must go through a form of self-sacrifice. If a mineral wants to become part of a higher life, part of a tree, it has to sacrifice its own identity. It can no longer be a lonely little mineral in the soil. It must give up that state of loneliness and be incorporated into something higher. And so this little mineral in one way has to die if it wants to be brought to life. This applies to the life of grace, no less to the life of a seed. On the day of her baptism, we receive in our soul, by the pouring of the water and the saying of the words, we receive in our soul for the first time a living germ. We receive the life of God in our soul. This living germ is able to elevate us. Just like the seed is able to draw in the things from around it, so too this life of grace 
It draws upon what it finds in its environment. It draws upon us from our faculties, from our qualities, from our strengths, from our weaknesses. It consumes us. It elevates us to the level of God. And it is this higher level of life which makes for us our eternal happiness in heaven. We are converted from a merely natural being into a being that resembles God, living on a higher level. But there is a condition. For this to happen, we too must first die. We have to relinquish ourselves to allow ourselves and our faculties to be absorbed by this life of grace. We have to give up what we want and we have to submit to this law of life that is contained in the seed of grace. And this is a principle in the spiritual life. To be raised to a higher level, all things must first die. This is a paradox that we find in our Catholic faith. We have a few examples in our own soul. Our intellect must go through a form of death. It must forego its process of reasoning and submit to the laws and the truths of faith. It's not that it is unreasonable, but it is something that we cannot understand. It is uncomfortable to accept something we cannot understand. But this is the death that is required if our intellect is to be elevated to the level of the divine. So too with our will, it must forego its selfish desires in order to love the highest good. This is the practice of charity. And even with our body, we must sacrifice its self-indulgence to become the servant of virtue. Now, some implications for us. It shows to us the value of grace. It is only possible through grace that we can be elevated to the level of the divine. If we do not have this grace within our soul, we say that our soul is dead. It is unable to elevate anything. Just like the tree, when its life goes out of it, when it's no longer a living tree but a dead tree, we see what happens. The leaves fall off. The bark turns an ugly colour. The limbs start to break in the wind. And eventually it just becomes a pile of sawdust for the worms to eat. This is what happens when the unity that is given by the life of the tree goes away. All of those elements that were united into a single whole, a beautiful tree, begin to fall apart. That's what happens when life goes away. It's the same in our soul. If we should be so unfortunate to lose this life of grace, all of that progress that we have made up until that point, that this life has drawn into itself and elevated, that too begins to fall apart. We begin to die and corrupt. A consequence of this is that any good works that we perform when we are not in the state of grace, these have no higher value. There is nothing in us possible of elevating it to the level of God. And so it's not able to merit anything beyond this world. No supernatural merit. No satisfaction for our past sins. From the perspective of God, all works done in the state of sin are wasted. They have no merit for eternal life. So, I'd like to encourage us today to 
set the right value upon this gift of grace? What can we do to favour this life in us? First of all, we must be grateful to God. It is a free gift by which he gives us this grace. He did not have to elevate us to the level of God. He could have left us just as the cows in the field. We live a natural life and we die. Could have been just like that. But we know by our faith that it is not like that. He has given us this life-giving seed of grace. And so we must be grateful for this gift that we cannot merit, this gift that we do not deserve, but that God gives to us freely by his goodness. And then secondly, we must learn to surrender to this life. Just as the minerals in the soil around the tree, they must be drawn into it, we ourselves must allow this grace to do its work. We have to let it change us. Let it take from our qualities, from what we are, to elevate them to the level of God. We mustn't fight this process of sanctification. We must allow the circumstances that we find us in cause us to practice virtue. And in this way, we will grow into the saints that God expects us to become. Rest assured, if we are very generous in feeding this new life which is in us, then the spiritual organism of grace it will grow strong, it will grow powerful, and it will have the power to change us. It will transform us, and in the path of transforming us, it will keep us on the right track during life, so that we won't go astray while we are alive, and it will lead us all the way to the everlasting joys of eternal life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.